Hello and welcome to Author to Author. I am your host Jasveer and today I have Jo Pronger Faulkner with me. She is the author of The Autoimmune Warrior's Healing Key. Uh she's going to talk more about herself shortly. Jo, welcome to the podcast. It's really an honor uh, for me to be talking to you today. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. Right. Joe, just tell our listeners something about your life as an author and uh, what else do you do in your life? Um, well, I um I live with my fiance Mike in northwestern Ontario, Canada. It's a town of about 8,000 people. Um I grew up here but actually moved to the West Coast for 28 years before coming back here just a few years ago. Um I've had a varied career mostly because I love pushing myself to do new things. I've I've owned a pet grooming shop. Um I worked in retail for a few years. I was a vet assistant in a couple of veterinary clinics. And then I actually made the big leap and went into government <laughs> to work in social services. Um I moved up the ladder there and eventually got into higher level human resources and finance positions um after completing my bachelor of commerce degree. Um I've also worked as a mortgage specialist and have a bit of a passion for real estate so I've I've really done a lot of things and mostly <laughs> just because I'm just sort of curious about what that would be like and I want to try it for a couple years at a time. <laughs> <laughs> right so you've done a lot of things and finally yeah. uh, you are an author now so tell us something about the autoimmune warrior's healing key. Yes so um I was diagnosed in 2007 with an autoimmune condition um and from there I ended up getting three more autoimmune conditions so I had a really um I had a really tough go of it they were really debilitating symptoms that I had um so I eventually decided well actually just um a year or s- just under a year ago I guess um decided that it I needed to start writing about things that I was doing to help my health and it just kind of turned into the idea that I should write a book Uh so uh, how did it uh, you know start were you writing before or is it during that period only you started writing Um the I've been writing kind of off and on for most of my life um the first thing I remember writing specifically other than school homework was an emotional poem about our dog next door abusing his dog I think I was about 10 years old actually maybe 9 or 10 mm-hmm. um so I've been writing since back then Um so yeah she was she was a pretty sweet german shepherd and i would sneak over to give her love and treats sometimes mm-hmm. um and the poem was actually for a writing contest featured in a magazine and i won my category and wow. i think that spark spark something in me that i wanted to you know kind of continue on so i have also done journaling and stuff like that and and writing for blogs and I used to write for work as well. So I've done a lot of kind of different types of writing. But I don't know if you want me to recite my poem. <laughs> yeah, sure. I would love that. Please go ahead. Okay. Um I know it off by heart, but I still kind of get choked up sometimes reciting it, so I'll give it a go. <laughs> <laughs> um there is a dog who lives next door who's left alone all day. She's tied up on a chain so short, she has no room to play. She patiently waits while the howling wind makes her shiver and cry. I wish that I could bring her in and warm her till she was dry. And when her master finally comes home, she bounces up with joy. She hopes that he'll undo her chain and throw her rubber toy. Instead, he yells, "Get down, bad dog!" and kicks her in the face. It makes me mad enough to yell. It's a terrible disgrace. 
I wish that he would understand a dog needs love and care. I hate to see a dog that's hurt because it isn't fair. So yeah, it chokes me up every time I'm excited. Oh, even I'm feeling choked. Uh, I love dogs. You know, I've had a couple of them back in India and uh, hoping to get one here as well. Uh, awesome. But that's an emotional uh, poem. Uh, really. It is. I know my mom had it out with the neighbor too at one point over it and she yelled mm-hmm. at him and I'm not sure if we had any influence on him but he eventually did rehome the dog thank goodness. Oh yeah that that I I'm sure that uh, uh, had some influence on him. Uh, thankfully he rehomed the dog wonderful. And yeah. uh, you're doing some good work uh, with animals you know even today. Mhm. Um yeah we uh, when we went to Nicaragua a few years ago I was um uh we were involved in helping a vet clinic down there that comes from the US and so we were doing some volunteer work there and we foster we used to foster puppies the the current dog that we have doesn't really like new puppies coming in the house now so we haven't been fostering for the last year or two but okay. um we've done lots of fostering before too so yeah i love it and i yeah. you know i'm a real animal person and and i uh, love being around them so right you are my favorite person as of today <laughs> for your awesome. love for animals <laughs> i love them i really love them all right so let's get back to our, uh, our our discussion what does you you know you've been professionally writing for the past one year and you've also published one book so what does writing uh, really mean to you um well when i write just for me in like a journal or i sometimes just write letters to myself if i'm trying to process my feelings it just helps me to dig deeper into my emotions and into my inner thoughts and kind of just work through if i'm having a struggle um and on the other side of that i i love also teaching and educating and inspiring people which is what i've done more so in the last few years on social media and blog posts and now my book okay and and did it somehow help you uh, get through the that uh, traumatic phase when you weren't well you know uh, you were suffering from autoimmune disease uh, so uh, did it sort of help writing maybe journaling helped you somehow for sure yeah yeah i would i would write um either in a journal or in like i said in letters to myself and and then even if it was like something that i was really um i didn't want other people to see it i would just you know tear it up or you know throw it in the in the wood stove <laughs> it doesn't have to i always tell people that too it, you know just get it out on paper and it may really help mm-hmm. um and you don't have to let anyone else see it you can just you know destroy the writing afterwards if you want to um i also do know though that people have turned their journals into books so mm-hmm. that can be kind of cool <laughs> Yeah, you know, absolutely. Next thing you know, you have certain amount of words and you may convert your journal into a book. Exactly. Uh, the only thing is to take that first step. I did that uh, about 3 years ago. Uh, but the only uh, you know barrier that I had was me. Uh, I had this uh, sort of confusion would people read uh, uh, you know a journal of a person like me? Uh, mm-hmm. would they like to read it or not but then i overcame that i published the book and 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 that's a very good suggestion uh, jo that uh, your journal can someday become your book i hope mm-hmm. listeners can get motivated with that uh, uh, so jo- and i think everyone feels like that that no one's going to want to read their stuff i really hear that a lot and yeah. even with you know some of the like bigger name authors or people who do this for a living um we still all have you know kind of those you know it's basically a limiting belief right where <laughs> you kind of think negatively of yourself and you wonder what other people are going to think and um yeah i just encourage people to just just try it 
Absolutely. I think it's the first step that is very difficult. It's that leap of faith that people are, you know, really afraid to take. And once they take that, I, I think there's no looking back, right? For uh, sure. So we're going to talk about your future projects shortly. Uh, but, you know, uh, uh, Joe, it would be really motivational for other people to hear about your experiences during the traumatic time. Uh, please uh, share some experiences during that time. if. Um, so I, I got diagnosed with complex regional pain syndrome, uh, in 2007. Mm -hmm. And I didn't even know at that time what autoimmune, um, conditions meant. No one ever explained it. Um, I don't recall a doctor even telling me at that point that it was autoimmune related. And then over the next few years, I ended up with three more. I was diagnosed with, um, hypothyroidism, which I actually think was Hashimoto's disease. Now that mm -hmm. I've learned more about that, um, systemic lupus as well as mixed connective tissue disease and the symptoms were really debilitating i was to the point where i was having days that i didn't want to live anymore um and i knew i needed to start fighting back and fighting for myself so that was really kind of the the beginnings of um my turnaround and um the overarching theme then through the book is that in order for us to have our best possible outcome we need to take responsibility for our own lives and our own health. I, I think that's so true about a, a lot of things in our life. Unless and until we take control of things ourselves, uh, nothing really matters. Uh, most of us depend upon others for a lot of uh, support and a lot of solution. Uh, do you think yeah. uh, you know taking that control in your own hand really worked well for you psychologically and physically? Absolutely. I was, I was um, having a lot of trouble with certain doctors that I was going to, I, I went to a lot of doctors, um, Western trained, which I now I didn't even know at the time that there's a, a whole different side of the medical system, which is functional medicine. But the doctors that I was seeing were Western medical doctors. And they were just giving me more and more pills. That's all that they really could figure out how to do with me. I was my doctor's only patient with lupus. And then mm -hmm. I was his only patient with mixed connective tissue disease. He did, um, thankfully, set me up with a rheumatologist, and he was awesome. So um, the rheumatologist was helpful. And then when I decided that I wanted to try something different, after years and years of medications, I had tons of side effects. I was really struggling. I was in a ton of pain. I was lethargic. I'd lost my job. Um, it was a really bad time. And I talked to the rheumatologist about wanting to try something different and trying to get off of the medication because I started to really feel like the medication was at least part of the problem. <laughs> <laughs> so, And he was very supportive and he told me to work with the pharmacist to start mm -hmm. reducing the doses very, very slowly and gradually. So I had, I had him and the pharmacist as sort of my team of support during my time to um, try to see if I could turn my health around. Wow. Wow. Uh, you know, I wanted to share something briefly. I uh, have uh, worked with a lot of uh, cancer survivors uh, for one of my books, which was a biography mm -hmm. of uh, a, a great cancer survivor and motivator back in India. Uh, he's known worldwide. Uh, his name is Shrenik Shah. So something that they all shared is that don't die before you actually die. That's the key <laughs> to surviving cancer or any mm -hmm. other terminal illness. And mm -hmm. uh, that that made so much sense. You know, this particular sentence don't die before you actually die uh, many people lose hope before they actually uh, only at the point of diagnosis the moment they know that 
they have autoimmune disease they have cancer or any other terminal illness they start losing hope from there on it's completely yes. downward spiral you know yeah and and hearing the words from a doctor you know exactly. telling you that this is scary and with lupus they said you know it, it causes organ malfunction um i was basically preparing myself to die for several years and it's that mindset that can really start to um really interfere with your enjoyment of life yeah yeah i i know and and what shrenik does is that he's not a doctor right but he survived cancer about 27 years ago and he's been doing patient care counseling in india and he does that in europe and america as well he's been to america a couple of times for seminars so what they do is uh, they counsel patients uh they are not doctors you know they are not uh, uh medical professionals but what him and his team does is that they counsel uh the uh sort of patients who have been diagnosed with terminal illness and they help them overcome that phase till their chemotherapy starts or till they fully recover so i think that's a wonderful thing that even i want to do here in canada and uh, mm-hmm. i'm i'm gathering my group over here so that's something wonderful and then that's a very great idea that i've gotten from uh from uh, our conversation today right wonderful joe uh, i i you know i would like to hear some of your favorite lines from the book the autoimmune uh, warriors healing key sure um <clears throat> i've got um i've got a couple of quotes here they're from chapter 2 um yeah six, six years after my last autoimmune diagnosis i no longer call them diseases To me they were malfunctions. Yes, past tense. I've reversed them, turned my health right side up, and I'm sharing everything I did with you so you can too. One of the most significant epiphanies I had after experiencing relief from most of my symptoms is that this is a lifestyle. And what made me realize this was whenever I would slide back into old habits just a little, I would begin to feel symptoms again within a short period of time. Every next choice you make, day after day, can get you closer to where you want to go if you set a goal and start focusing on it or it can take you further from it you have the power every minute of every day to change your outcome and write your own story from this point forward it really doesn't matter which malfunction you're having there are common denominators to the perfect storm of what contributes to autoimmune illness i didn't do specific different things for each of my four diagnoses I did all of the things you're going to learn about and my malfunctioning endocrine system began to normalize again. My body will malfunction again if I revert to my old ways. But why would I? Why would anyone want to? We don't know what we don't know, but once we know better, we can do better if we have the right tools and know what they're used for. Wow, I I think the last paragraph means a lot, you know. Uh, my body will malfunction again if I revert to my old ways, but yeah. why would I? I think nobody would want to go back to the same old <laughs> self <laughs> when you've got so much positivity uh, uh you know and you've made so many changes and mm-hmm. I, I think that's the key uh, for uh, business change as well or change manager management as well once you've changed your current behavior you uh, continue with the positivity you don't revert back to the old ways uh, you continue with the positive ways so that uh, you can have positivity all through uh, i think that's yeah. a wonderful para thank you so much for that that's a great insight actually cuz i have a yeah. lot of business training and so maybe that's kind of how i've applied that to my methods with health as well 
because like you said, when you change, you know, when you improve a business, why would you then go and start doing the old things that weren't working? <laughs> Absolutely. See, the moment you get lax with the behavior, uh, the brain works in a very funny way. And and uh, that's mm-hmm. so true for corporate professionals and that so true for you know outside the corporate the moment your brain relaxes it's going to go back to the same old habits right mm-hmm. so until oh, until you continue with the positive ways uh, your <laughs> your brain works in a very funny way and then i really love the paragraph <laughs> thank you for that right so jo uh, please share uh, the share about your writing process you know what's your writing process like are you disciplined uh, author or writer and and what is the most difficult part of your writing process um actually with with this book the most difficult part for me was trying to categorize the topics into separate chapters um our health is so interconnected with mindset physical health mental health exposure to toxins stress and trauma our intentional decisions um what we eat so trying to create standalone chapters for each topic was tough i would start writing and then it would kind of morph into another another topic and i would have to try and you know divide up each chapter um so that was that was an interesting it it kind of seemed like the whole book is a whole bunch of topics um so yeah that, that was that was a bit of a challenge um right. and completely unrelated um <laughs> I've <laughs> I've also been trying to write a very different book which is a true crime thriller based on actual events. So it's totally outside my current genre. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, wow. um, okay. <clears throat> during the time that I was beginning to turn my health around, um my fiance and I went to an island in Nicaragua for a major lifestyle change and we started to build a house there. We had planned actually to live there but ended up returning to Canada and so now the house is more of a vacation home. and when we can't be down there we get long-term house sitters to stay in it and one of these house sitters that we had living there for over a year actually turned out to be a con man on the run from US authorities which we knew nothing about um <clears throat> it was really awful and a scary situation at the time but once it was all over i just couldn't shake the idea that for people that are into true crime which i am i love you know watching the true crime true crime shows <laughs> Um so for people that are into that the actual yeah. story that happened hits all the plot points of a bestseller or even a movie. Wow. So I, <laughs> I started writing the book about a year ago and it has been an emotional struggle to relive and detail out all the events in a way that will be, you know, impactful for the reader while also trying to portray the villain properly. Mhm. I'm finding it really hard to get into that kind of character mindset and If I don't do the story justice there really won't be a reason to read it or to have written it. So um <laughs> quite I an adventure. <laughs> <laughs> I am really giving it a go but I'm I'm not convinced yet that I'll be able to publish it. So <laughs> we'll ah, see. Okay. Okay. Yeah, let's see. I look forward to it. It's an exciting story. Uh, <laughs> right so Joe what comes to you usually uh, what usually comes to you first um is it the plot or the characters? I would say the plot um in in anything I've written as well as um you know what the current one as well so the story is basically the why with the story is the reason that people will want to read what I write um even with this thriller book that I'm working on I'm tweaking the real life characters but the story itself happened first 
and the framework of the book is about the events and then I fill in the character traits along the way and with the autoimmune warriors healing key as well it was it was about you know the events and and how I came to that versus the actual characters being me (laughs) (laughs) right and and how do you usually come up with the title uh, for your stories and books you know uh, that's a, a gray area for many authors you know coming up with the title so uh, please share some tips about uh, how do you come up with the title of your books. For for the Autoimmune Warriors Healing Key, it was the cover image that I created first. Um, I mean, I guess I, I did think I had a title. My first title was going to be How to Get Your Life Back After Autoimmune Diagnosis, which sounds a little more boring. <laughs> um, when I added the image with the key, as in I kind of thought it was, you know, showing the, the key to healing. Um, I realized having the words healing key in the title would be really cool and much more intriguing. And th- once I decided that, then it basically gave me the subtitle, unlock your X factor, reclaim your life, because the key unlocks a special combination of factors personalized to each reader. There are action items in the chapter to get readers to examine their own beliefs and values, um, their motivations and to set goals. So it really becomes a personal plan for their own lives as they go through the book. So basically it was the cover that gave me the idea for the title. Right. And, and, and uh, what you said that it's a, it's a kind of a PDP, a personal development plan uh, included in the book. Uh, so yeah. that's going to be a handy resource for uh, a lot of people. I highly recommend the book. It's available on uh, Kindle, Amazon Kindle in ebook and also Amazon in paperback, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. And Ingram Spark now as well. So it'll be available through bookstores too. Super, super. All right. So, Joe, you are a self-published author, right? And uh, everybody struggles through their first book, maybe not so much in the second or maybe third book. But uh, what's your favorite part of uh, publishing and what's the least favorite part of publishing? Um, well, my favorite part is having the control, um, doing it through KDP. Um, it really gives us, like, we can... We can have the full control and knowing that you can go and edit your book anytime and um, you can upload your manuscript and cover and have be published within a few days and, um, you know, have people buying your book within like (laughs) three days. (laughs) Um, Whereas with publishers, they basically have the control. And also you have to kind of go knocking on doors to even convince publishers to take on your book. Mm-hmm. So for me, it was, especially with health, I know a lot of people have kind of varied ideas on, um, you know, the, the whole medical system and healing, working on your own health versus having other people try to do it for you. So I really, I didn't even really have much of an, of a, um, much of a desire, I should say, to try to find a publisher. Um, oh, okay. So uh, when you were ready with the manuscript, you never approached any traditional publishers? or No, I to Amazon and uploaded it. <laughs> ah, okay. <laughs> Going solo uh, uh, or indie is something that a lot of people are doing these days because it's easy, for one, mm-hmm. you said. Uh, you've got a lot more control over the manuscript. You can make changes anytime, right? Yeah. So yeah. Uh, here's a question uh, from this. How often do you look at your manuscript and say that, oh, no, I've got to change this. And you end up changing a significant part of the manuscript. How often does that happen to you? 
Um, in the editing or after, you mean after publishing? Yeah, even after publishing, let's say, suppose you were going through your book, your own book, and suddenly you realize, oh, I could have done this in a better way. So let's change it. So does that happen to you often? Uh, not often. I did. I did that a lot before I published. So I was really confident by the time I was publishing, I was very confident and I'd had um, several, I think seven beta readers go through it. And I'd had a professional editor as well. So I was quite confident by the time I published, um, but I did actually find a couple of typos after it was published and I was able to upload a fixed manuscript um, right away. Like it's so quick on, on KDP Amazon, you just log into your dashboard and upload the new manuscript. And within a couple of hours, it's live again with the fixed version. Oh, okay. Right. I, that's a process to go. I think and beta reading is very important. Uh, many people ignore that, uh, especially if you're a self-publisher, a se self-published author. Uh, beta mm -hmm. reading helps you a lot with the feedback. And uh, it sort of is the first level of editing wherein you get a lot of good feedbacks about the mistakes. And also, you know, if you've got a knowledgeable beta reader, the person may even suggest how to make your stories better, how to make your book better. I think that's a very good idea. Absolutely. Uh, Right. Uh, so in terms of uh, the writing process, uh, I'm sorry, in terms of the book, uh, let's talk about uh, the part which was really hard for you to write. And how did you overcome that? I don't know. The hardest part was probably just going through the emotional aspect of it and kind of reliving that. As far as kind of the like the technical side of it, that that part was also tricky. <laughs> so I kind of had two aspects of getting the book you know, bringing the book to life that were hard. Um, the emotions and processing the trauma and that kind of thing, it did, it did take a while to get through that, several months. Um, but then once I had that ready, the technical side of it was a bit of a, um, a learning curve for sure on the KDP Amazon side of things. Um, the, the manuscript itself has to be very tightly formatted and... Um, you need like you need the uh, the gutters to line up for the paperback, and then there's different file types for the ebook, and it's very techy. And there were some days that I wanted to throw my laptop out the window. <laughs> <laughs> but don't you think that's the beauty of being an author, or, or beauty of being an indie author? You you actually become a technical person. You know, you end up yeah. learning how to format your books. You end up creating <laughs> cover pages. And, and you sort of learn how to upload the paperback manuscript on Engram, Spark. So, uh, yeah. and you do your own marketing. That's the best part. You also become a marketing professional. <laughs> exactly. So really the first time around is the hardest. And from there, yeah. it just gets easier because you start to just go, oh yeah, I've done this before. And so it does, it does definitely get easier. So yeah, uh, yeah. it's it not something you don't have to relearn it every time. So that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So uh, is there any specific thing that you need uh, in your writing space that uh, helps you stay focused? I need it to be absolutely quiet. Um, that's pretty much my biggest thing. I, I know people that can't write if there's clutter or if, you know, all different reasons. But for me, the biggest thing is quiet. So it, even if uh, my fiance is at home, just him like walking around the house is a distraction. Or if you know, if I'm, I can't listen to music or anything like that, it has to be like dead quiet. <laughs> so that can be a challenge sometimes. <laughs> okay. Okay. And, uh, you know, uh, let's talk about uh, uh, 
your hobbies i mean what do you do when you're actually not writing um well personal growth has been a passion of mine for many years uh, i love learning and keeping an open mind about topics that i don't know much about i love trying to wrap my head around the power of mindset and the law of attraction so i've been kind of studying that and dabbling in it for many years um it's a lot to kind of wrap your head around that kind of thing but i think mindset has been such a big part of my personal journey that i just want to keep learning more about it um and i honestly didn't know much about autoimmune illness until i stumbled into feeling better so when i came back to canada from nicaragua i immersed myself in as much scientific information as i could get my eyes on so i really i do a lot of reading um on things like PubMed. I mean, a lot of people think I'm crazy because it's like, you're reading all these scientific journals. Why are you doing that? But um, I just, I love learning. And um, I also love going for walks with um, Mike and our dog. And uh, the dog is actually quite the character and makes us laugh every single day. Wow. So, um, and I have a couple of home-based businesses um, since I'm not busy enough. <laughs> well, I would love to have a dog in my writing space. <laughs> That's a handy motivation for me. <laughs> All right. And and who's your favorite author, you know, uh, and who's influenced your writing style? Um, I don't really have a favorite author, actually. My favorite books are ones that make me feel like I'm just right there inside the story. Um, I do prefer nonfiction books where I'm inspired either by the person or their journey. And I can feel like I've grown in some way or been empowered from reading their work. Um, I'm much more likely to read a nonfiction book than, than fiction. And mm -hmm. um, I guess the most current one that I'd, I'd love to read Michelle Obama's new book, but I haven't yet. Ah, okay. Yeah, that's going to be an interesting read. And I think mm -hmm. real life stories do motivate you, you know, seeing uh, people sort of struggle and then overcome as heroes. Uh, mm -hmm. That really does affect you yeah, positively. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Right. Now, a hypothetical question. Uh, this is your world. You're the casting director. If you uh, are given a chance to make a movie or a series out of your book, which actors would you pick? <laughs> um, well, not that I think that I look like her, but Julia Roberts is someone who I've always enjoyed her acting. Um, and the types of movies that she's been in have often been an empowered woman kind of thing to them where... Um, she, like the actor that she plays, has improved her life or the lives of others in some way in the movie. So um, I, I love that kind of the empowered woman, um, you know, aspect. And I've often found myself thinking of the messages in her movies long after I've seen them. Yeah, truly, truly. I would love to see her back on screen again. Mm -hmm. <laughs> She's been absent uh, for quite some time, but I think it, it, it would be exciting to see her again. Uh, yeah. 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 Uh, so what are your plans for the book? Uh, are you coming up with sequels? We know you are coming up with the uh, crime thriller, but are you <laughs> planning to come up with the sequel for uh, this book? Um, well, since the Autoimmune Warriors Healing Key is about me, um, there will likely be other books about pieces of my life. Um, part of my healing discovery was because of our time spent in Nicaragua, living a very different lifestyle than we had been in Canada. And so my fiance and I are contemplating writing a book about that big adventure um, without mentioning the con man house sitter part in that one. We're going to leave that part out. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. So some pretty exciting stuff coming up. 
Mm-hmm. Wonderful, wonderful. So, uh, right, uh, what's your message now? Now that you're a published author and you also publish a blog, right? You write a lot now. Uh, <clears throat> uh, so, what's your message for the young and aspiring authors? Um, well, with technology now, self-publishing is within pretty easy reach, like I've already kind of talked about. Um, I mean, years ago, like I said, publishing would require knocking on doors um, and convincing someone else to take on the project. And a lot of a lot of authors who have done that have had to face rejection, which can then, you know, play into those limiting beliefs that we've talked about. Um, but now we can literally upload the manuscript and have it selling within days on a global platform. So my advice is to just start from whatever point you're at and set small manageable goals, you know, one chapter a week or even one chapter a month, whatever pace is comfortable. Um, you don't want it to feel like it's a chore, right? You don't want it to become kind of that thing that you dread having to do. <laughs> True. Uh, and also I would always hire an editor for your books and get, like I talked about with beta readers, get several to read through the final copy um they were just so helpful for me mm-hmm. um don't rush to get it published i i have seen kind of some new messaging happening in some groups that just um progress over perfection and people are kind of trying to rush to get stuff out just to get something out there but mm-hmm. i actually take a different stance on that and i'm i'm rather like don't rush to get it published do a thorough quality job Um, I wrote my first draft and then took a few weeks away from it and then went back and edited the whole thing myself, then sent it to two beta readers, then did more edits myself. Then I sent it to a professional editor (laughs) (laughs) and then I sent it to four or five more beta readers. So my advice is to like, don't skip those steps. Be really open-minded about receiving feedback and it'll make your book so much better in the long run. Yeah, I, I think patience is the keyword here. Uh, don't run after numbers, uh, yeah. numbers in terms of the sales of the book or numbers in terms of how many books do you produce in a year. I think uh, quant- uh, quality over quantity is the key, uh, another key phrase here. Uh, yeah. when it comes to being an author. Truly, yeah. uh, that's uh, a useful and a handy suggestion for uh, new authors. Joe, thank you so much for taking time out uh, for talking to me. It was really motivational uh, talking to you. I really <laughs> love the conversation. Thank you, me too. Right. Guys, that was Joe uh, Pronger Faulkner for you, the author of Autoimmune Warriors Healing Key. Like I said, it's available on Amazon Kindle and Amazon in paperback. Grab your copies now. And thank you so much for taking time out to listen to us. I hope you could get something positive out of this conversation. I'll be back with another author very soon. Till that time, take care and have a good day. Stay safe.